My name is Mike Miner. I am 23 years old. And my quote is from the great Babe Ruth. He said, never let the fear of striking out stop you from playing the game. What's that mean to you? Um, so, you know, he obviously said that in baseball terms, but in big picture life terms, you know, never let the fear of failure get in your way. Um, it's kind of how you break that down. And um, I'm always a, a firm believer. Something my mom always would say is, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. So, um, you know, a little failure, you can't let that, you know, just take you back. You have to just keep going. You have to get up and, and keep moving forward and get ready for the next opportunity because it's coming. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Troy Farkas Show, the podcast that is not about me. It is about all of us. The 20s are a crucial time in our lives, and on this show, we navigate the highs and lows of early adulthood together. Thank you for joining me. Hope you are all having a wonderful week. That quote you just heard was from Mikey Miner. He's actually going to join me later in the show and we're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're going to talk about his college soccer career. We're going to we're going to talk about what he does uh, in his long car rides while he's working. Uh, we're going to talk about his recovery from ACL surgery, from playing with Kevin Herter. He grew up playing with Kevin, played with him even more than I did. So we're going to talk about that. But first, I have a really fun conversation coming up with a girl that I met on the internet. She gave me a follow on IG. I followed her back, and she was doing some really cool work. And I didn't know her name until we spoke. Literally didn't know a thing about her. Just went into it, trying to have a good conversation. And we actually ended up having a really good conversation. So I'm really excited for all of you to hear. It's a talk about philosophy, about stoicism. I talked about it with Matt Woodworth, with Ben Simpson, uh, on some episodes of this podcast. And it's a philosophy that I love, that I discovered during the pandemic. And so we're going to talk about all of that because we think that it can really help you out to live a better life for yourself. So without further ado, we're going to have Mikey Miner and this conversation. They're just going to come right back to back. I'm going to get out of the way, and then uh, I'll talk to you on the back end. So first off, here is my conversation with uh, the mystery girl. Okay, so the internet is an interesting place. There's a lot of bad people out there, but mostly good people. There's a lot of creative people, a lot of entertaining, inspiring people. And one of those people is the person behind this account that had followed me on Instagram called Serial with a Stoic. Now, if you've been listening to my show past couple months, I've talked about stoicism to a couple people that I've had on the show. And it's basically, for those of you that don't know, it's just, it's this ancient philosophy that is designed to help you live a better life. It kind of gives you a toolkit to try to put you on the path toward tranquility and finding meaning in life. And so this account, Serial with the Stoic, was sharing all of these great quotes from great Stoic thinkers, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Epictetus, et cetera, et cetera. And this girl was doing these, these videos about Stoicism as well, where she sits with a bowl of cereal and just eats her cereal talking about Stoicism. So now this, this guest is joining me, the person behind the Cereal with the Stoic account. I have no idea what your name is. I've never met you before, but I love finding other young people to talk about Stoicism with. So thank you for joining me. How did you come up with the idea for this account? Hey, Troy. So uh, yeah, my name is Gabrielle. Um, I launched the account this year in December, or so I guess last year, uh, 2020 December. Um, I wanted to start a stoicism account, but I pretty much figured out that like most people that are listening to podcasts or audiobooks 
are habit stacking. They're doing it in the morning when they're driving to work or they're doing their makeup or um, whatever. So I was going to maybe have it like stoicism with eggs or, you know, some kind of breakfast. Um, I didn't want to rule out the vegans, you know, you need to be always um, as an audience. So I was like, okay, well maybe cereal, you know, it's something that everyone can kind of, I think, recognize with, it brings up your childhood a little bit. And I just really like that morning thoughts kind of vibe um, where like it's setting up your day. I like to start my day with stoicism. It kind of just sets my mood, right? So um, yeah, that's kind of where it originated. How did you first come across stoicism? Um, So it was actually an ex-boyfriend who introduced it to me, um, but I didn't get super into it until after that relationship ended. Um, Yeah, he kind of just showed me and I think he bought one of those medallions, the coins, uh, and talked about carrying it around in his pocket and then it's this constant reminder, you feel the weight of it. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, And then I think like when every person goes through a breakup, I think they're very raw and very vulnerable. And at the time I kind of needed a reset. I needed something to kind of turn to for strength every day um, instead of kind of like whining to my friends or, you know, just being self-destructive drinking or going out partying, like whatever have you when you're going through something hard. So um, I think uh, for me, I, you know, I bought all the Ryan holiday books right in a row, read them back to back. And then that's kind of how it started. I just have become really obsessed with it ever since. And, continued uh studying it since then so it's about a couple years ago now wow okay so ryan holiday is kind of one of the modern stoic thinkers he's the one who's modernized a lot of the ancient texts he's written a lot of books out there i just got done reading stillness is the key i still have uh, a couple more to read on uh from ryan holiday now how do you try to apply stoicism in your everyday life because that is ultimately kind of what the philosophy is about you know everyone the stoics mm-hmm. Ryan Holiday talks about kind of the pen and ink philosophers about how you kind of just study and read philosophy there's a lot of other ancient schools that that just kind of left it to reading but stoicism is kind of you read about it you learn about it but then you actually apply it to your everyday life and you try to embody the stoic principles so I'm curious how do you try to uh, embody it Yeah, I think uh, there's so many ways you can kind of apply it to your life. Um, I think self-awareness and self-check-ins are a huge way that you can um, every single day kind of always maintain that level of, okay, what is toxic about me? Like that's kind of what my account is about is transforming your toxic traits into triumphs, into um, a better self. So um, I'll journal in the morning. A lot of people do it at night. I always forget at night. So I do it in the morning. Um, the daily stoic journal is great. Ryan holiday, you know, sold that as well. So I have that and they, they give you prompts. I kind of find it hard to journal without a prompt. So I love the prompt ones. And, um, I think too, with like friendships, I try not to be judgmental. I try to actually listen when my friends are talking and not make it about me or, um, you know, think about my flaws and always, kind of be very self-deprecating, but without having low self-esteem, be self-deprecating and just understanding we're all human. We're all going through so many of the same struggles and that compassion and that constant practice, I think really helps me at least, um, apply stoicism to, to my relationships and even at work too, staying out of toxic shit at work, staying out of, um, comments and, I guess just kind of trying to undermine different people or your boss, whatever. I just, I keep my mouth shut. I stay out of all of that and it's bettered my life. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love everything you, you just said. It's really helped me. I discovered stoicism during the pandemic, kind of like you when when you had a breakup. You just kind of need need a reset. Obviously, a lot of stuff was going on mentally during this whole time. So I just kind of needed something to put my energy in, something to believe in, something to get myself back on track. So I thought I had, you know, kind of veered off off track and didn't quite like who I was becoming. So stoicism kind of helped me redefine what it, what it meant for me to to be a good person and so um the thing about it though is that you know you never fully get there right like with stoicism it's a lifelong process you may never live up to the you know marcus aurelius is the ideal stoic cato is an ideal stoic these perfect people that just all their quotes that are like how can you how can you act that way in that situation someone wrongs you you naturally want to get back at them. You want to, you know, get some sort of revenge on them. And they were absolutely perfect at it. But, you know, I just find it so difficult because so many of the stoic reactions are counterintuitive to what we actually want to do. So it is a lifelong learning and trial and error process of trying to become the best stoic that you can. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think so much of it is overcoming the emotional side of how you're feeling and just checking in with the logic. Um, and so like, that was what it was like for me. I feel like I was just getting, um, you know, your ego is a big part of it too. If you feel hurt or rejected, or you feel like people are criticizing you or looking at you, um, that's all your ego. So I feel so much of our problems as a society and as individuals just stems from our ability to our inability to detach from the ego. It's, it's Buddhism talks about a lot too, as well, where it's like, because we can't detach, we're so emotional about things that really shouldn't be emotional. We get, um, I guess, offended by them or defensive and it causes fights and issues. And, uh, you know, especially at work, especially in family, um, you know, big blowouts and things like that. Um, so I think that's what I love about it the most is that like it, it learned, it taught me, I guess, how to control which side of my <laughs> reaction that I wanted to pull the lever on, which side should stay silent, which side I should take action on. Um, so that's definitely my favorite part of it. Yeah. Maybe the biggest overall principle in stoicism is just focusing on what you can control and just letting go of everything else. You cannot control how other people treat you. You cannot control the, the things that happen in government and in politics and everything else that is happening in the world. It is literally just taking the time to evaluate yourself every day. What am I doing? How am I making the world a better place? How am I trying to, to become the best person that I can be? That's what I love about stoicism. Now on your page, on, on your IG page against Serial with a Stoic, you share all these quotes. And so um, I just wanted to talk about one quote from here that, that kind of stuck out to me. And so I, I want to get your reaction to it. And so the quote is from Robert Greene. And Robert Greene, I believe, uh, you know, has collaborated closely with, with Ryan Holiday. I believe he's a writer. Um, the quote is, the ultimate power in life is to be completely self-reliant, completely yourself. What's, what does that mean to you, do you think? Yeah, so like you just said, I think it's disconnecting from the opinions of others and what you can't control. Um, and I think so much of that is really empowering. Like I used to be a victim mentality kind of chick where I would, I would kind of get off on something bad happening to me and the attention I would get from it, which I feel like is very common. I think we don't like to admit it, but I think we do it a lot, especially when we're younger, we kind of grow out of it. But, um, 
you know, that's really fucked up. So when I got older, I'm like, why do I do that? And why not only that, but why do I feel like I don't have a place in, in the choices of my life and the actions in my life? Like if I feel like someone mistreated me, okay, that's my fault. Why did I let them mistreat me? Why did I not set those boundaries instead of just being like reactive? You can flip it and turn more proactive. Like instead of bringing a crap person in my life, friend, whatever, and letting them let me down and then crying about it, I could just empower myself and choose great people, better people. And then I don't even have that happen to me later that, you know, a snowball effect is that you get the self-respect, you get the self-love and so much of stoicism is self-love. It's dignity, just, you know, having standards. And I think that that like, it's a trickle effect because everything else in your life kind of rises up and levels up because you're now not allowing the same things you used to allow. Yeah. And you just spoke to it. It's also a lot of accountability. It's, you know, if, if someone mistreats you, Maybe it's not because they're a bad person. Maybe it is something that that you did to prompt it. Or, you know, Ryan and other stoic thinkers kind of talk about, you know, the events that happen in our lives. We may prescribe them as, as bad events or uh, unfortunate events, but that's just really what the value that we are giving them. They are not actually that in nature. Basically, what they mean is everything is up to us. We define everything and things don't have to be bad if we don't allow them to be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just your perception really is this yeah. could be bad. Um, and I think it causes a lot of unnecessary suffering with, with me and certain things I've struggled to get over in my past. Um, I've let it take up so much rent in my head, if you will, where I could just shift my perception of it and, and be very grateful that that pain led me to other things. Um, and, and on the flip side, I've hurt people too, right? Like you can't just walk around and think yeah. you're the only that's been hurt and so the way that you feel someone else is walking around feeling exactly that way about you um and so we're all just hurt all the time and we're all just hurting other people and i think the best we can do is is be kind remember that it's not just you going through whatever emotion it is um and and even just understand that the events are only they only hold whatever power we give them exactly um, so I'll, I'll get you out of here on this. The, the podcast that we do here is, is for young people, for people just kind of navigating early adulthood, trying to figure out all of these things that, that me and you freak out about in our lives. And so, um, not, not many young people are, are studying stoicism and philosophy. People will probably see it as nerdy, but I think stoicism is a very practical philosophy. I wouldn't necessarily describe it as nerdy. But why do you think that more young people should kind of be flocking to to the principles of stoicism? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I'm probably like your oldest person on here. <laughs> I mean, 30s, like cutting it. But um, I, I definitely wish I had knew, like known about it earlier. Um, just in the in the sense that I think it toughens you mentally a lot. Um, and it it kind of outlines in your mind reason versus emotion that really there's so much emotion that we feel that does nothing for us. It doesn't serve us at all. And I think stoicism does a great job of weeding that out and allowing you to be human and feel those things. Um, but not necessarily give them the driving wheel and, and have them control your future. Um, so as a younger person, I wish I got into it because, um, in business, you know, I feel like controlling your emotions is a huge deal. I think you can 
definitely advance your career and make better choices and come off uh, more intelligent and more controlled in the work environment if you are of a stoic um, mindset. Uh, And then relationships too. You know, a lot of relationships are toxic. We've all had one or several and, um, you know, stopping and pausing and thinking, okay, am I really mad at this? is it my ego that's mad? If it is my ego, okay. What part of me cares that this, you know, is happening and it's, it's so self-reflective. So instead of attacking your partner or the other person, it forces you to look at yourself. Um, and I just, yeah, so relationships work. And I think in all aspects of, of growing up and, you know, maturing it's, it's super beneficial because it's just, um, yeah, very giving you the power to choose, um, what you give power, I guess. Well, uh, Gabrielle, you are a, a wise woman beyond your years. Uh, I love the work that you're doing over on, uh, the Siri with Stoic IG account. I also think you're, you're on TikTok as well. Oh yes, but please, <laughs> my TikTok is very much like really outrageous me trying to be funny completely not stoic um that is the other side of me but um yeah I don't think anything's happening with that I mean it's okay but I haven't made anything on it in forever okay well it's all right you know Seneca also in, in addition to being a, a great stoic was also a uh, a flawed individual in many ways so we're all flawed individuals so yeah. uh thank you for joining me and I uh, I wish you luck on your stoic journey thank you thank you for having me and the conversation was great I really enjoyed it Super excited to welcome onto the podcast one of the beloved members of the Shenandoah class of 2015. Everyone loves Mikey Miner. I've always loved Mikey Miner. Mikey Miner's always been the the cute little kid in the grade below me. Uh, Mikey grew up playing basketball with you. Soccer was your number one sport, but you come from a basketball family as well. Your older brother is a coach uh, on the on Sienna's team, I believe. You come from an athletic family. You guys are all great, the minor family. So there's a, there's a bunch that I want to talk to you about today. I haven't seen you in forever. So Mikey, thank you for joining me. What's up? How are you? Oh, Troy, that was a great intro. I'm doing great, man. Hope you're doing great as well. The podcast studio looks looks awesome. Uh, yeah, happy to happy to be here, man. Great intro too. Thank you. Only the best. Rolling out the uh, the red carpet for you, Mikey. So it's <laughs> it's been a very long time. I was trying. I was racking my brain. I couldn't remember. Did you ever play varsity basketball with me or no? Or did you like stop just before it? No. So I played the whole summer leading up to right. to you know the fall. And then when the fall came, I had to go play soccer. Had a great soccer season my junior year. Uh, kind of realized I could I could play college soccer and uh, knew it was a a big uh it might have been a big stretch to to try to play college basketball so uh kind of a tough decision there and um yeah had to had to step down and that was a tough decision for me at the time but um you know wouldn't wouldn't change it because because uh, you know I, I did have a, have a great soccer career and it, it led to me you know going to to school and playing at Corlin there so um yeah stopped that that year before junior year because had to make some decisions there did you always love soccer more or was it that you just were a better fit to go farther? In yeah, no, I love basketball the same, if not more. Um, but just soccer just fit me better. And I knew I would be able to, to get to college and, and play it at that level. And, you know, I do, I do love soccer. I, I still do still love it. And uh, yeah, no, I, I love basketball though. Probably the same, if not more 
it was just a, a tough decision. So I played with, you know, a lot of your teammates growing up, a lot of your, your basketball teammates, Matt Alverson, Eric Cromer, Jordan's Logard, the Herder brothers. Now, when you were growing up, so you played on this team all throughout, you guys were winning championships year after year, you guys in Scotia. Now, obviously you played with, with Tom and Kev. Did you know, did you think when you were playing in eighth grade with Kevin Herter and, and when he was in seventh grade that he would be an NBA player one day? Um, no, I don't think we thought he was going to the NBA, but you knew he was going somewhere sweet for college. Yeah. And then as he got older, it became more obvious. Okay. You know, he's going to go to a D one school. Is it Siena? You know, that was kind of like a thought I think we all had. And then, um, the better he got, the more time he played and the more he was on that varsity team, it was just like, Oh, okay. And then I remember just like, he just kept, kept just growing and growing. And <laughs> yeah. next thing you know, he's six, five and he's a sophomore and he's shooting from everywhere. And it's like, okay. So now we, we really started thinking that, but at that age, no, no, I had no clue. Yeah. I mean, I played with him three years in high school and I never once thought that he was going to the NBA when we were playing in high school, my last year. So when he was a sophomore, I was a senior we were just getting ready for the postseason and we had a scrimmage and he just started dunking in the, the warmups of that, of that scrimmage. He actually like cut open his hand from getting calluses from the rim. And it was at that time I was like, Oh, all right. Kevin's now got some athleticism to him. This, this could serve him well, but it wasn't until he was playing at Maryland's that I saw him out there and the range that he had and that he was shooting over, over tall guys could shoot from anywhere on the court. I said, Oh wait, he's actually going to go to the league and it might happen pretty quickly. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect as quickly as it did. I don't even think he expected it as quickly as it did, but um, you know, I, what I say to people, it still is like, I'd never seen him on a court that he didn't look comfortable. Yeah. Like he's always just looked like he's belonged and he can do the things that he likes to do, um, which is play, make and and shoot the ball. So um, yeah, I think the, the farther he went, the, the more obvious it, it became that, that he was uh, he was destined to to make it somewhere and took him to the NBA. So, yeah, it's uh, it's so cool watching watching him and, and watching a, a lot of the other guys, you know, Ian Anderson playing in the majors for the Braves. Really cool stuff. Uh, I, so I want to talk about you a little bit more. So you played four and a half years college soccer at the great SUNY Cortland. Yeah. Uh, how would you how would you sum up your your college soccer experience? Oh, my college soccer career was, was great. Um, you know, kind of had an average freshman year and broke into the lineup my, my sophomore year. And uh, we won a, won a championship that year. We won the SUNYAC. Um, you know, eventually the, the next year I came back, I tore my ACL um, in the first game of the season, uh, which was a really tough, tough blow and uh, had a tough year ahead of me. But, you know, we got through that and came back and played uh, my first game in over a year against uh, the number one team in the country. Uh, after that ACL injury, came back and played against uh, Messiah, who who was coming off a, a national championship, and we were playing under the lights to open the season. Um, so that was a really cool way to kind of break back into it. You know, at the highest level, you probably could um, as a D3 soccer player. So uh, that was a really cool experience, kind of getting through the ACL and, and coming back and hopping right back in. Um, and then I played, uh, you know, that whole year, made it back to another NCAA tournament, uh, another Sweet 16, uh, and then ultimately played a- another year. So I came back for that fifth, that fifth year, uh, but it was only a half year. 
uh, and I picked up an extra minor uh, for school and I, uh, you know, played, played again and it wasn't as successful, but, uh, you know, had a lot of fun and, and had a great career there and uh, it, it was awesome. I, I loved every moment at Cortland. Now, a torn ACL is a terrible injury and it often re- requires, you know, a 12-month rehab and recovery. So how, how was that process? Oh, that was, that was tough. Um, but being at Cortland was awesome because it's a, it's a huge uh, physical therapy um, a school. They have those, those majors. So I had all the help that I possibly needed. Um, some, this guy named Eric Lavassior, uh, he was doing his thesis for his master's program at Cortland uh, for physical therapy um, and exercise science, things like that. So he uh, kind of took me under his wing and said, I will help you help you get through this this year, whatever you need, uh, we're going to get through it. And uh, he took me and we got on a very strict schedule and we, uh, you know, we grinded every morning at, you know, 8am and, and we got there and I didn't touch a ball for a year. I legitimately was like, okay, I'm just going to be as fit as possible. My legs are going to be as healthy as possible. Uh, and the soccer stuff will come back and it, and it did. Um, and it worked out really well. And, you know, the knees held up. So, so that was great. Do you miss it? Do you miss playing soccer? Um, no, <laughs> um, I still get to play sometimes, but like the competitive every day, day in, day out, I don't really miss. Um, I played that fifth year and, you know, my body just wasn't holding up the same, um, trying to, you know, run every day and my shoulder was popping out all the time and, um, my body just got beat up. So I don't really miss it. I get to play still. I'm in a league right now. I'm on a team where the missiles, missiles FC, Hey now. Um, and uh, so I play with, with all my friends still. We play at Afrooms once a week and uh, it's still fun, but I don't miss like the, the whole grind of, of college soccer now. Interesting. That's because I, you know, I stopped playing basketball after high school competitively just because I had felt burnt out from it. I didn't want to put as much time into it anymore. So has that kind of what's happened with you with soccer just because you spent so many years putting so much time into it? Yeah, it, it was just such a big part of my life. And then when you realize, you know, there's a lot of other things I can go out there and do and, uh, you know, pick up hobbies and uh, go out with my friends more. And I'm not just dedicated to just being in shape 24 seven. And, uh, you know, a big part of soccer is running. So like, uh, you know, that gets old, you know, <laughs> uh, putting the miles and on the treadmill all summer and, and stuff like that. I don't I don't miss that now. What are some of those hobbies that you picked up? Uh, you know, just going out with friends. I play video games. I'm working a lot, making money, you know, just normal, normal 23 year old things. I, I would think. Yeah. What yeah. are, uh, what are you doing for your job these days? Uh, so I work for a company called HCP concierge. We, um, are kind of like a remote, uh, marketing team, remote sales team, uh, across the United States. There's like 80 people across the U S and we, um, we have different clients, uh, those clients being pharmaceutical companies, uh, and we go represent them inside of different doctor's offices. So uh, I get to talk to pediatricians and ophthalmologists and psychologists, all different uh, sorts of doctors. So it's cool. Now, when you were studying at Cortland, you studied economics, I believe. Yeah. Was, was this kind of the, the type of thing you had envisioned for yourself? No, no clue. Um, I was, I just knew I would get an opportunity doing something. Um, I never thought it would be pharmaceutical uh, related I or science C related at all. 
but um, you know, I knew I was personable and I knew I could talk with people. Um, so I thought, you know, sales would probably be in my future at some point or, you know, some type of uh, customer service regardless. Uh, and then I just applied for a bunch of jobs. And uh, once I got my foot in the door, it was, uh, it was definitely something I was interested in because it's a, it's a great industry. What are some of the, the keys for success in, in this job of yours? Uh, we call it polite persistence is what we call it here at, at HCP Concierge. We, uh, you know, just making the visits every month. So I have to go to each doctor like twice a month. Um, you know, you're going to get rejected. They're going to turn you away sometimes. But, you know, the more polite you are and the more persistent you are, eventually you're just you're just the guy they see twice a month now. And now they're accepting you. So um, I think the, the key is polite persistence. I think that's, that's yeah. what it's all. Yeah, I love that. That is actually something. It was called pleasant persistence when yeah. I... Um, I was applying for an, in actually, I take that back. I wanted an internship the, the summer after my freshman year of college, I wanted an internship at news 10, the local Albany TV mm -hmm. affiliate. And, uh, I had hit up the, the sports anchor there, uh, this woman named Liana and I had messaged Liana. I'd found her email and said, Hey, I don't know if you offer any internship program, but I love to be your intern. I'd love to follow you around for the summer and go to Valley cats games and go to the track with you and, and just see what you yeah. do. And she wouldn't answer me. And I, uh, just kind of kept following up with her and then she would answer me, but it wouldn't really lead anywhere. But then I would just be, I would be pleasantly persistent be yeah. nice. Don't be pushy, but show that, you know, I'm serious and, and you're not just yeah. going to get, get rid of me. And, uh, then she eventually brought me on because she knew that she wasn't going to get rid of me. And, uh, that yeah. I, I think is kind of the key, whether you're, you're networking, whether there is some type of opportunity out there, whatever it is, just like, just keep on it, but don't be a dick about it. Yep. Absolutely. That's I, it clicked. As soon as the, my boss said that to me, polite persistence, I was like, yeah, I got that. And I got that in spades and, and let's, let's rock because that is definitely something that, I, that I'm capable of doing. Um, it's fun too. Cause I'm just in my car and I get to uh, listen to podcasts all day, maybe tune into the TF show, um, you know, different things like that. And I can kind of just be in my head all day. Uh, some days I'm thinking about, uh, you know, what I'm doing for the weekend. Some days I'm trying to think of creative stuff, you know, just ideas out of any, like from anywhere. So, uh, it's fun. It keeps me, keeps me busy and, uh, I, I've been enjoying it. Does it get lonely out there just being on the road by yourself? Yeah. Uh, yes and no, I, I do fine by myself. Um, no, during the day I'm fine. I have my phone. I can talk, talk to people and it kind of makes it better because then I, I feel a little bit talkative. I can go in and just kind of use that right into, right into what I'm trying to do for work. So, um, yeah, it doesn't get, doesn't really get lonely. No. Um, I, I was actually, so I actually got a little lonely two weeks ago. Maybe I, I got deployed to Boston. So I was working out there and, uh, I had got the vaccine, uh, on Sunday and then I went to Boston. So I'm in a hotel room and I got sick as a dog and I'm just sitting there by myself. I got a little lonely that day. Uh, but after that I was good. A couple calls to mom and I was fine. <laughs> okay. Yes. Calling mom uh, always, always helps. helps. Always now, helps. what do you want to be doing long-term? Do, do you think that you want to stay in this or do something else? Um, I think it's a cool opportunity right now because, you know, I would never be able to just get a job in the pharmaceutical industry 
with an economics degree, like you're not just going to get yeah. plugged in. So this is a, a great way for me to get experience. Um, and I think talking to doctors, if I have two years, like I'm already a year and a month into it. So, um, you know, if I, you know, go get two years of uh, talking with doctors, I think I'll be qualified for a lot more uh, positions within the industry. Um, and I think being a pharmaceutical rep would be, would be great. And it's uh, a job that I'm definitely uh, interested in doing. But um, as for like a five-year plan, I, I don't got one of those. Hey, that is, uh, that is totally okay. You know, I think I stress myself out because I'm never just living in the moment. As much as I tell myself yeah. that I want to like be present and be in the moment, I just am always freaking out about where yeah. am I going to be in a year? What am I going to be doing in two years? What, where am I going to be in five years? So like props to you then. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not me. I'm, uh, I think about today. How am I going to get through? Uh, what am I going to do? What am I doing for me? Um, maybe a little planning, like a week or two. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really plan down the future too much. No. Now, when you're in the car thinking about what you're, what you're going to do with your, your buddies in the weekend, what, uh, what are you usually yeah. doing? Well, a lot of the time it's stupid ideas. Love like that. I try to come up with like business ideas and I'll pitch them over the phone. So like I'll send them to, I have a little group chat with like uh, Austin Hughes, Maurizio, Magnolia, Del Kekic, Drew Lewis, Greg Volk actually in there too. So um, I'll, <laughs> I'll just like voice memo an idea, like an elevator pitch real quick. And they'll respond like, no, dumb, dumb idea. Nope. Not today. Nope. What, so what is one of these dumb ideas? I, I want to hear one. All right, so I'm only giving this to you because they said no. They said it didn't work. Um, or else, there's no way you'd get one of those. Um, so what's the biggest problem with ChapStick? That it doesn't uh, last long enough. That you never really? have it on you when you need it. Yeah, because you lose it. Right. You would be a guy to keep track of your ChapStick. That would be you. Why? Is it because I have big but lips? For the most <laughs> no 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 just because you're responsible like that but um yeah i lose my chapstick it's the winter time i lose my chapstick. so how do you not lose your chapstick where are the things that you don't lose you don't lose your wallet right so how can we get chapstick in a wallet well the idea here like almost like a really thin like i don't know like a thin like card almost like yeah. you have like two cards kind of on top of each other with a thin layer of chapstick in it and you can just swipe it, but then you can slip it right back into your wallet. Hmm. Um, but now it's not chapstick, right? Chap slide. You just slide it open. Oh, hey now. And they, they poo-pooed this idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who but, are they to do that? What ideas are they coming know. up with? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Because then what? Is it like a male product? It's only for men? Because women don't have these wallets that they can just... Well, you make you make the wallets for females too. You make so you think it's a good idea. I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I personally, I mean, I think you can just add a slot in the wallet for the chapstick. You just like, hey, next to your your credit card slot, you have your your little chapstick slot. See, now you're changing the now you're changing the wallet game. Exactly. You got to okay. go after the wall the wallet companies. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess uh, I'm going after big chapstick, huh? That's what I'm going after. <laughs> Well, uh, I also have many business ideas, so we'll have to talk uh, off yeah, a lot about this. Maybe, maybe I'll can... start sending them to you, Troy, and, and you can you can poo poo them instead of <laughs> instead of them. But yeah, cool. that's that's one. That's one. Love it. All right. Yeah. So 
you just moved. I, I won't I won't say where, but uh, you were still in the the upstate New York region. Do you? Yeah, baby. Exit twelve, Malta. Exit twelve. That's great KFC over there. Josh Barlow says it's the Manhattan of upstate New York. It's what Josh Barlow said, not me. Hmm, let's unpack that. Okay, the Manhattan of upstate New York. I mean, what are we defining upstate New York as? Malta's nice, but like, are you saying it's? You could say it's the Manhattan of the five one eight. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. That's what he said to me. I was just quoting him, but um, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with him. Um, it's an up and coming place. It's it's really it's really nice. There's a lot of new things being built. Uh, it's it's perfect for me because it's uh, in the middle of Clifton Park and Saratoga which are the two places I want to be the most. Um, so it, it works out really nice. Okay. That's for Manhattan of upstate. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's uh, I'll, I'll have to do some uh, acting <laughs> yeah. of my brain here. Comment on the episode. If you think that elsewhere is the Manhattan of upstate New York. So do you think that you're going to stay in this region for a long time? A couple of years. What do you think? So, you know, it just moved out. I moved in on um, March 1st. I have a year lease. So that kind of gives me enough time to, you know, kind of re- rethink what's going on in life and, you know, where I want to be. So, uh, I, yeah, it, I, I want to be around here. I don't think it, I want to move anywhere too far. I, I love it here. And um, that's where my family is right now. My whole family has kind of, we were spread out. Right. And now we're all kind of back in the fog one eight, back in, uh, you know, they're in Cahos and, um, Basically, it's Cohoes and Clifton Park, and now I'm in Malta. So um, we're all pretty close, and, and that's great. So I'm yeah. pretty comfortable. One of your older brothers, Matt, he went to college in Texas and then coached in Texas too, right? During yeah, he grad, coached uh, grad the assistant. women's team at St. Edwards University right in Austin, Texas. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so your brother, the greatest-looking three-point shot I've ever seen. It was just the yeah. smoothest shot ever. I loved watching Matt Miner shoot a basketball. He's not the best shooter I've ever seen. I've certainly seen better, but sure. the actual sure. shot motion sure. orgasmic. I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm sure he'll be pumped to hear that. Trip. Oh, good. Oh, good. Cause I don't think he ever liked me, <laughs> but uh, I, I think he found me annoying, but maybe because you were nutting over his shot. Maybe yeah. who knows? Uh, <laughs> I believe he and his wife just had, just had a child. So you are now yes. an uncle. What's that like? Yes. Um, I was just with the baby. Easter. So yesterday, um, and it was awesome. I, I love the little girl already. She's got, you know, the greatest parents and greatest sets of grandparents you could ask for. So, um, yeah, we love that little girl and, uh, uh you know, can't wait for her to, to get older so she can, uh, you know, kind of, I don't know, we're all just sit around and we just watch her and yeah. stuff like that. It's funny. And, uh, it feels good though. I, I love that little girl already. What kind of uncle, do you want to? Uh, I don't know. I have a little bit of time to kind of make up my mind there. I haven't really, you know, that everyone's just saying some people, not everyone, some people are saying that she looks like me, um, which I kind of believe we kind of both have a little weird nose. We kind of mm. have a wide set nose. Um, but yeah, she laughs at me the most. So I think she thinks I'm funny or I'm funny looking or something. There's something there, but uh, we'll figure out our relationship as, as she gets older, when she can talk, we'll see how sassy she is and stuff. So. Okay. Are you going to try to teach her soccer, basketball? Uh, I don't know. We'll let Matt and, and Laura, they're active people as well. So they'll probably, um, you know, be involved in whatever she wants to do. And 
I'll, I'll, I'll encourage. That's what I'll do. I'm not going to put anything on her. She can do whatever, whatever she wants. So to wrap up the show, Mikey, every, on every Thursday show that we do, uh, as part of the all natural initiative is called on the show where the guest comes on, they talk about a charity organization, a cause that means something to them that maybe has impacted them or, or someone in their lives. So, um, and then we donate to it. The show donates to it. We encourage the listeners to donate to it. We'll put an, a, a donate link in the episode notes of this podcast. So Mikey minor, what is your cause and what does it mean to you? So Troy, I think this might hit home for you as well. Um, but the one that the first one that came to, to my mind and I kind of have two because they kind of go together. So forgive me if you want to donate to one, I'll donate to the other. Uh, that would be cool. That works for me. But the first one is the safe program. Uh, sports are for everyone. If I'm not mistaken, I talked to my dad today about it a little bit. He thinks he remembers you and Brady uh, working the baseball one when we were real little. And as soon as he said that, I was like, yes, I'm almost positive they did. Um, yep. And yeah, I got involved more in the soccer one because they would they would do it right before um, fall ball over at the right. commons. So my my like high school years of playing soccer, I was also helping with the sports are for everyone program, um, where you know it's uh, it provides opportunity for for disabled children to engage and compete in sports. So uh, you know they do all different types of sports every season. They pick a new one, um, and it's just it's a great like. It's just a great feeling when you're there. Everyone's having fun and, um, you know, kids are, are learning teamwork and they're all, you know, uh, being friendly and also competitive at the same time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I know you probably helped with the yeah. baseball one. I helped with the soccer one. I think right now I, I read the website today. Uh, it looks like they're going to go golfing um, <laughs> awesome. coming up on Saturdays in Colony. Uh, but, you know, I couldn't find a link for donations, but they did say on the website, that they're in need of office supplies uh, and office storage. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think they have an email that they provided. I did not write it down, but we'll find that obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just the first one that came to my mind uh, because it did have a, a big part of me when I was growing up and, and just being around. It was always so fun. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. You are right. Um, <clears throat> actually, I actually did do baseball, a little bit of soccer and basketball and it was so much fun and it also just puts a lot of things into perspective for you because obviously the the kids that are participating now they're all on a different levels of the scale in terms of what kind of physical uh, or mental impairments they have but it you know it just kind of makes you appreciate how lucky you are to have completely grown up normally and um, able to do everything for yourself and able to play the sports that that you and I loved growing up and so it really grounds you and the kids have so much fun you know they yeah. they don't really realize that they are um that they are impaired because they've just kind of always been that way so they don't really realize yeah. that they're disadvantaged and they just have so much fun and they they play the game with an innocence and you kind of just wish that you yep. could you know approach your own life with with that same innocence every day a hundred percent and you know i said i have a second one and that's um unified sports so um, once I was in high school and I, I never played on the varsity basketball team officially. So they did a unified sports and it's a lot of the same kids that come from the safe program. Cause it's, they're all Shen kids, local kids that are in the safe program. And then they go and they grow up and they're in high school and, um, they had a basketball league, um, for unified sports and it's associated with the special Olympics. They're, uh, 
I, I guess they're directly associated with each other. So uh, if you were to donate to that, it would be to uh, Special Olympics. But this unified sports was the most fun thing I have ever really been a part of uh, outside, you know, outside playing my own sports. But that that was it goes hand in hand because I never got to play varsity basketball. Right. So um, I got to go around with a couple other athletes, student athletes. So like Ryan Van Galen, who was the quarterback, Brendan Mara, Matt Dillon and Taylor Ray, all all very good athletes. We all uh, teamed up and we got to play on this unified sports team with uh, coach Galarno and uh, a bunch of the kids that, that I had previously known from this safe program from when we were younger. So um, that was the most fun I, I, I've really ever had uh, out there playing basketball. Um, it, it was just a ton of fun and we got to go win games and go, go on trips and like, it was a full season. Yeah. Um, and these kids really just loved it and seeing them smile every day and, um, <laughs> just them being like amazed with what's going on and they hit shots and they're amazed with each <laughs> other. It's just so amazing. And it was, it was just a ton of fun. So that was the second one that I had. Cause I thought they kind of went together yeah. and I couldn't really pick one over the other. So, um, you know, however you want to do it, I'll donate to one and you want to donate to one or you can donate to whatever, however you want to do it. Uh, I think those are, those are two great causes. I love that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those. We will, we'll put the proper info in the show notes of the episode on the website, Mikey, thank you for joining me. Keep coming up with some killer business ideas. And, uh, I I hope you're, you're happy in life. Oh, dude, I'm very happy. And I hope the same goes for you. So sorry, I, I just had to cut Mikey off a bit there. There were some, a couple audio issues, but Mikey, thank you for joining me. You're the man. So proud of him and all that he's doing, living in the Manhattan of upstate New York. I still don't know if, if that's accurate, but that's actually a really good take. Shout out to Josh Barlow for coming up with that. And uh, he seems to be doing well. Family's good. He's a newfound uncle. So that's awesome. So super pumped that Mikey joined me today. Super pumped to catch up with him on this show. I'm going to talk to people that I know that I don't know, people from my past. Hey, if you want to come on the show, hit me up. Slide in the DMs. Hit us up on the Troy Farkas Show Instagram account. We'd love to have you on. We are certainly open to having anyone on. We've got a list that, that we're working through, people that we want to talk to, but anyone can uh, can jump the line at any point uh, if they wish. So, And also thank you to Gabrielle, who I'm uh, I'm so happy that we had that chat. You know, uh, Sometimes you just got to put yourself out there, right? You got to take a shot. And listen, she had no reason to, to talk to me. She doesn't know me, but we ended up having a really good conversation there, and I'd love to do it again. And... Um, I just love meeting good people. She's a good person, and she's got a good outlook on life, and I think she kind of represents the fact that, you know, we don't have it all figured out. We might never have it all figured out, but we can try, and we can try to keep getting ourselves better each day. It takes work. It takes checking in with yourself, and uh, it takes reading. It takes listening to things. It takes asking people questions, asking yourself questions. So shout out to Gabrielle. Thank you for joining me again. Check her out, Serial with a Stoic. I'm going to write a little blog post about a takeaway from our conversation with her and I. So that'll be up on the TroyFarkasShow.com tomorrow. Again, you can find a bunch of stuff from the show there, whether it's the episodes, the videos, blog posts, whatever. Me and Kara are doing some, some really fun stuff. And if you enjoyed that conversation with Gabrielle, you can also check out the video version over on the YouTube account for Troy Farkas. Just search my name and you'll find it. There's also a link to it in the episode notes of this podcast. You can also check us out on all the socials, Troy Farkas Show, 
on Insta, on TikTok, on Facebook. We're doing a lot of stuff. And uh, you can follow us there. You can interact with us there. And uh, a lot of fun stuff is happening over here. So I'm going to Colorado Springs this weekend. Haven't been there. Heard a bunch of good things. I'm staying in a hostel, renting a car, going to go on a hike to the Garden of the Gods. Super excited about that. It looks so cool. And then in a week and a half, your boy is going to be vaccinated. One shot, Johnson & Johnson, in and out. Have to go to Pueblo, Colorado. I have no idea where that is. But I have to go there to get it. But I'm super excited, and it just feels like you know things are turning, and uh, I'm super happy about that. So I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend. That you do something fun. That you get out of your comfort zone. That you meet up with some friends. That you get outside. That maybe you get active. You go for a hike. You go for a walk. You go for a bike ride. Take out the scooter. Dust off the old razor and uh, and see what happens. So hope you all have a great weekend, and we'll join again on Monday. Have a great weekend, and remember. Just be a good person. That's all I ask. Just be a good person. Things will work out for you.